This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. I have some news on the breakfast front, although I'm not sure you're going to like it. Breaking news. Breaking page news. Breaking breakfast news, yes. Tell me. <laughs> I've got a recipe that involves carrots for breakfast. What carrot, breakfast time? Are you a rabbit? Car- Why? Car- <laughs> exactly. Carrot porridge. That, carrot cake porridge. Oh, my porridge. God. <laughs> Life is too short to eat carrot. It's really not. It's my favourite thing that I've discovered. It came on a recipe with my veg box because apparently they were having a glut of carrots and they've sent everybody extra carrots very kindly. They have a glut of carrots because they're inedible and no one likes (laughs) them. That's why. For your eyesight, aren't they? And your teeth. Anyway, carrot porridge. You grate carrot into your porridge. You boil it all up with some oatmeal, bit of cinnamon, chop some nuts on, bit of nutmeg, bit of orange zest. My new absolute favourite thing, bringing me joy in the mornings. I think that sounds absolutely inedible. And I think <laughs> I would probably cross the road to avoid a bowl of carrot porridge. If someone all right, then. Well, you can, um, you can stick, stick with your hobnobs. I will stick to my Marmite, yes. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Welcome to Postcards from Midlife. I'm Trish Halpin. And I'm Lorraine Candy, and we're on a mission to help you make the most of your magnificent midlife. We'll be tackling everything from mind and body wellness to HRT and your sex drive. Trish and I are here to help you have a stylish second act and answer all your midlife questions on fashion, beauty, careers, relationships, family, and as always, the challenges and joys of parenting teens. Here we are at episode five of series five of Postcards from Midlife. That's all the fives, Lorraine, like my birthday this year coming up. What is it, 50 again? 50, all the fives, 55. Yes, exactly. Oh, 55. <laughs> is oh, it 55? Because I forget, Trish, that you're a bit oh, older no. than me, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, you haven't mentioned that lately, so I thought Not I'd give this you an opportunity. <laughs> Exactly. Here we go. Anyway, we kicked off this series, didn't we, in January with the fabulous Ruby Wax. And we talked about positive thinking, positive psychology, happiness, all of those things being our modus operandi, as they might say in a crime drama for 2022. How's that going for you, Lorraine? Are you still feeling joyful now? We're in the I, middle of February. I am, oh, I am quite joyful. What's bringing um, you joy? There have been some nice sunsets recently. I don't know okay. if you've noticed them around yes. here. That's brought me a bit of joy. And I've been useful to my two teenage girls. And no. You know, impossible. They're old. They're You're 18, irrelevant. You're irrelevant. How can you possibly yes. be useful? I mean yeah. nothing. I poked myself in the eye by accident. <laughs> Bear with me. It was really painful and I couldn't see. I'd obviously made it, the eyeball swell up a bit, but I did this on the day I was taking my 
18-year-old to the cinema for a mum-daughter trip. Oh, okay. And I could barely see Trish, and I thought, I'm just going to have to overcome this, sit in the cinema, watch licorice pizza, and pretend that I've not got this raging pain in my right eye. Yes. (laughs) Just turn away. And I thought, that's brought me joy, because I've been useful to her. Did she have any clue about the painful eye? She said, what's the matter with you? Why are you making uh, funny faces? And I said, oh, I just... I've just lightly Stop scratched embarrassing my eye. me, Mum. Stop yes. embarrassing it. So you put up with the pain. Put up with the pain. Some joy. Brought me and joy. And then I got a little joy. bit of joy from my university student came back for a bit. And I mm. was uh, watching her really struggle with something. So she's doing mechanical engineering. She she just thinks in maths, which is so far away from me. I thought, well, we're separating now because I know nothing mm. of that world. Um, but she can't do letters. She finds it a struggle to write Writing. a letter. She had to write and a letter. you're a journalist. And yes. Author. And I was thinking, why? I'm, I'm here useful mm. again for mm-hmm. her so it brought me a little bit of slightly torturous because obviously yes quite finickety but I thought these things bring you joy being yes. useful to the teenagers don't they yes yeah well I apart from the carrot porridge which obviously brought me a lot of joy you're going to like this as well my joy this week was finding the time to have a bath and listen to my archers catch up podcast the archers is it still going out it's still going <laughs> there was 200 oh, years old. so much going on there was a blocked drain threatening to disturb the in-calf heifers this week that was quite dramatic i don't really understand like the sentence no, exactly. <laughs> carry on <laughs> should we leave it there we'll leave yes. it there lots of drama <laughs> well, lots of fun brought me <laughs> some joy in the bath <laughs> we will stick to all things joyful in this yes. episode because our guest is someone that trish and i both know from the world of beauty and we really i mean she is the most joyful woman mm. we're not just we don't just admire her we absolutely love her she's a complete girl crush for me actually and if we're at an event we always want to be seated next to her don't mm-hmm. we because she's fun She's just got this really magical spirit, hasn't she? Yes, and energy. Well, uh, you probably want to know who she is. She is the brilliant Charlotte Menser, the British Ghanaian hairdresser, who has not only carved out a brilliant career and successful business from humble beginnings on a North London council estate, but has done more to change the narrative about beauty ideals and Afro hair than anyone. And she's here to tell us about her remarkable life story, as well as share her hair know-how. As always, we'll be asking her highly personal questions about her men yeah because we are here as always to be nosy on behalf of our listeners i mean we do always check this with our guests in advance we don't spring it on them (laughs) we are proper journalists but the point of the podcast is to be helpful and joyful about all things midlife now talking of this there's been a really lovely thread on the postcards from midlife facebook group private group about things that have brought us joy since that episode with ruby and i thought it'd be really nice to share some of these can we start with Melanie Trish because this sounds so lovely and I wish it had happened to me at some point (laughs) um here she goes this is Melanie things that bring her joy having a cup of tea with my 95 year old neighbor and discussing the joys of pork scratchings real (laughs) butter bread and dripping that's that's her the uh, 95 year old Mm. (laughs) not the midlife lady an unexpected new friendship formed during lockdown that brings both of us so much joy despite the 45 year age gap Oh, well, that is good. But I mean, the bread and dripping, bit of a challenge. I think I would probably manage to keep smiling. We're friends despite the massive age gap, aren't we? Yeah, the age gap. Never mind the lard and the bread and dripping that you (laughs) like to slather all over your body. Maybe when you go swimming (laughs) in the channel, perhaps. Anyway, (laughs) I like 
Karina's post because she talks about rollerblades. I thought I'd share this one for you, Lorraine, because you're uh, a rollerblade oh, fan, yeah. aren't you? Olympic standard. Secret skill that I have, rollerblading, yes. ice skating backwards, two things I can do that you oh, didn't know about. Well, you'll like this. You do because I tell everyone that. <laughs> Karina's joyful moment is going rollerblading with the Sunday stroll, which is organised apparently by the Friday night skate. Never heard of that, but interesting. Two hours of skating through London with fantastic music. It's super good fun. It's amazing exercise. And the group, it's about 100 people, is extremely nice and inclusive, plus all ages. It's a must for anyone that can skate. It makes me so happy that I'm ready for the week after that. I want to join them. You're going to have to go and do that. That's my new tribe. I've got a little um, less energetic one here, but it's very sweet. Helen says, my daughter, age 16, has been learning to crochet at college and she made me the cutest fluffy crochet octopus with nine legs today. (laughs) This made me smile after a tough day at work. I think that career in creativity is is what's beckoning Mm. for Helen's daughter, isn't it? Not the maths. Not the maths, the statistics, the data. (laughs) Let's have one more moment of joy from Nikki, who says, I've just finished reading Miriam Margulies' brilliant autobiography. This much is true. Why, Joy? Because I love that my husband knew this was a perfect Christmas present for me, because I love Miriam's childlike, straight-talking honesty and curiosity, because I used to do an impersonation of the Cadbury Bunny and love that she's been in my life all these years, and I didn't know. I didn't know she was the Cadbury Bunny, the sexy Cadbury Bunny with the bow around her neck. With did the West Country that? accent, I did know yes. that actually because I'm did a bit you? of um I'm a bit of a Miriam super fan. Okay, well I'm listening to the audio book at the moment, and it's quite it's quite shocking in parts. Well, that's why I like her because yes. there there's no boundary, is there? If no. you listen to her on Fern Cotton's podcast, oh, actually, yes. I mean she just <laughs> she's just very Miriam. She's so brilliant anytime she goes on Graham Norton, and she did you is. see her in the Marigold Hotel as well? Oh, I did. Yes. Oh, she's fantastic. No nonsense. No nonsense with Miriam, is there? But well, um, I bond with her because she once said that she has a strong melancholic streak which I think oh. unites me and Miriam yes. although I don't use the c word quite as much as Miriam. no all the all the f word all the no. very various other words I tell you she's does she a... read the audiobook <laughs> she does it's brilliant oh, so getting her you know her voice she talks a lot about fellatio does she yes of, she did a lot of sucking yeah. in her youth she says which... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna say anymore it's so rude read the book it's brilliant it's not unexpected from no, her anyway no, um, well. we do love all these little moments of joy it cheers us up and it also gives us loads of content for the show so thank you very much <laughs> you're giving away trade secrets now so please stop that uh, right quickly changing the subject we also have how to win after our interview with Charlotte and this week we'll be sharing our best new beauty buys for spring and we've asked some beauty experts too for theirs so beautiful and joyful ye shall be at the end of this podcast I'm looking forward to that 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Today's special guest, Charlotte Mensa, has been described as the undisputed queen of black hairdressing, with clients including Zadie Smith, Michaela Cole, Janelle Monet, and Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie. With a salon in London's Portobello Road, an award-winning hair care line, a best-selling book, and photo shoot credits in Vogue and Harper's Bazaar, it's hard to imagine that at the age of 17, she was living in a hostel, having lost her mother to a brain hemorrhage four years before. Just 11 years later, though, she would open her first salon with the help of the Prince's Trust and go on to win British Afro Hairdresser of the Year, not once, but three times. And then in 2017, became the first black woman to be inducted into the British Hairdressing Hall of Fame. Growing up as one of eight children born to Ghanaian parents in London, at three months old, Charlotte was taken to live in Ghana with her maternal grandparents in a family compound that housed 47 relatives. She returned to London age 11 when her parents divorced and it was her mother's death that started her on the path to hairdressing. I had fond memories of my mother doing mine and my little sister's hair, she says. When she died, my younger sister was only three, so I took on that role. Hair became a form of healing. Today, her hair lounge salon remains at the epicenter of her business world, a place of creativity, community, and a lot of cake. Now age 51, Charlotte lives in West London with her husband and two children. And she's here today to tell us about her remarkable life lessons and to give us some midlife hair help. Welcome to Postcards from Midlife, Charlotte. I'm so happy to join you, ladies. Now, we've been talking about how fabulous you are in our introduction to this podcast, because you really are one of these amazing women. You just seem to light up the room when you walk in and you radiate joy and you seem to just collect the most amazing people around you. Where does that spirit and energy come from, do you think? Do you know what? I grew up with my grandmother in Accra, Ghana, and she was just this amazing, very kind-hearted woman who was so generous. She just collected people. She had this great aura about her and her number one thing was praying. Share the word of God, you know, where we live, like that area, she would walk mm-hmm. from like, let's say, Labrador Grove to Kensington High Street, just sharing the love of God and how to be kind to one another and how to treat one another, you know. So I think a lot of me growing up with her and my grandfather, they were both very generous humans Mm -hmm. who just love to see the best in everyone. So I think my personality and my everything about me, my energy, it's definitely growing up around these two beautiful people. It kind of shines out of you. It was lovely being around you, but your success from the salon to your products and your brilliant book. This all stems from your philosophy. And this is a a quote from you that all hair is good hair, whether it is coily straight, 10 inches or down to your waist. But when you were growing up, particularly when you came back to the UK from Ghana, and I think you were 11 then, your hair was the thing that you were bullied for, isn't it? Yeah. That was, you know, so it started in quite a traumatic place. Tell us about that experience as a child and a teenager. 
Yeah, so growing up in Ghana, everybody in my primary school, boys and girls, we all had short hair. So our hair was like maybe two, two or three centimeters long. And I think the reason why the school implemented that type of policy was the fact that they always said, oh, we want you guys to concentrate on on your books and not be interested in you know, like yeah, make distracted the opposite sex. When we took school photos, when the boys smiled and the girls smiled, you wouldn't know any difference. Because <laughs> we all had these big eyes and lovely cheeks and they had the same hairs. You know, everybody had that look. So I came to London at the age of 11. I started school and everybody had like relaxed hair. They had cornrows with beads. They had braids. And there's me with the shortest hair on the planet. <laughs> very dark skin and I had an African accent so it was like who the hell is this person she looks like an alien so then I used to go home crying so then my mom thought okay the best thing to do then is to thread it so she started using cotton thread to thread my hair into like these geometric shapes oh my goodness I walked into school (laughs) and I think that was the worst day of my life I was literally carried by three boys and they tried to hang me on the ceiling oh my god yeah they said oh your hair is like hooks we need to hang you up honestly I had the most horrible six months of my life Mm. because I I remember just feeling very alone kids could be so cruel as well you know one person says something they all follow I remember nobody ever wanted to speak to me even at lunchtime I'll sit by myself and I I I would go home crying to my mom and I'll say look I just want to go back to Ghana I mean I came from this community in Ghana where everybody was so friendly we were all so accepting of one another so why am I in this foreign place where everybody just seemed so unkind and I kept crying and crying and it took for me to have the fight. I had the physical fight at least six months into starting school. And that's when I kind of got accepted. Can you imagine? I, yeah. I had to be aggressive for. Yeah. <laughs> and they were like, oh, oh, you're actually really cool. You're, I'm like, what? You oh, know? It's such a shame to have that happen to you at such an early age with all that change in your life. Anyway, oh my your hair God. does look amazing today, though. <laughs> Describe to our listeners how fabulous your hair is today. Do you know what? I've just been in Ghana for Christmas and I just thought I love my hair in braids. This is something that I've done in the 90s, like from since I was a teenager. I used to sit there for hours, like two, three days, putting these tiny braids in, these micro braids. And I just love the look of them. Like, it's like having instant long hair. I've literally literally got them down to my waist. How long does that take? This only took about five hours. It doesn't take so long. (laughs) Also, do you know what? It's like my hair can never grow this long. I'm like, well, why not? It's a bit of fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love the color as well because I wouldn't color my hair this light. Yeah, so it's nice yeah. to be able to switch it up with a bit of colour. Yeah. And it's yeah. like a beigey gold. Yeah, I just love the look right now. So as a sort of young girl, then you you must have been traumatised about this whole notion of hair because you were bullied for it. You know, that was such a big thing. And you've gone on to do such kind of pioneering work mm-hmm. around the beauty of natural hair. But of course, do you think there's still pressure for kind of black and brown girls and women to kind of conform to like European ideals of beauty? Because that's a lot of where the problem starts. It's a lot better than when I was growing up, but there's still that pressure because the images that you're shown on the media is changing. I mean, there's so much more representation now, but all of us are on learning stuff mm-hmm. that's happened to us in the past. And it takes time, you know, to... 
to actually be able to learn and, and to change. It's not an instant thing. It's a journey. It's a process. So I actually feel like it is getting better, but there's still that pressure because we as humans as well find it very hard to accept ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we all want to conform to something else or we see an image and straight away we gravitate to that image and we want to look like that. But I feel like now there's so much more awareness. It's definitely getting better. And I think the younger generation now are much more freer with themselves. They're much more, you know, I'm going to wear my hair like this and I'm happy to wear it like that. Mm-hmm. It's about my effort and it's about my talent. It's not just about how I look. So yeah. I feel like we're definitely getting there, but yeah. it's still it's still a I think you, to- you told a story about um, you were doing a talk, I think, in a school where 11-year-old girls were wearing wigs. Yeah. Hair. I mean, that is... Shocking. That was so frightening. I mean, Mm. I saw those girls and I'm like, you're so beautiful, you know. Why are you wearing this thing on your head? Mm -hmm. It's actually taking away your beauty. And also the fact that they had time for this thing on their head. They had time for the wig on their head, but no time for their own hair. And they're saying, oh, my hair takes too long to do. I said, yeah, but you sit there and curl that wig to death. You're not, Mm -hmm. you're not tired of doing that and then they'll be like oh but my hair's too short I said it doesn't matter even if it's short you could still style it so I guess it's a lot around education mm-hmm. and you know a lot more women also embracing because you know we we all learn from our role models so if you see more people like more women of color more black and brown women on the tv celebrating their hair it makes it so much easier for the mm-hmm. younger generation to also follow if we're not seeing that then it's hard to yeah. imagine and become that. Your journey to kind of mega hair dresser started when your mum died, didn't it? And you were mm. 13 and you used to look after your little sister. And culturally for you, that the doing it for hair is a really important thing. As you say, your mum did it and tried to correct things for you. So yeah. remembering back, what? how do you think that has formed you as a person and put the hair right at the center of kind of everything you do because it's such an emotional attachment I mean I guess every time you're doing hair you're thinking about your mum sometimes aren't you a hundred percent my mum was this beautiful woman at the age of 42 she had had eight children and that's quite a lot for anyone yeah. <laughs> you know more than the rain my goodness double <laughs> my count by 42 yeah yeah and you know she had five daughters she was a real woman of substance because she could do everything my mom was very good at applying beautiful oils on her skin she was good at mm. making her hair look beautiful and when you have five daughters somehow you kind of know what like okay let me do this for that one and this yeah. for this one and I think It was just something so beautiful because when I came to join my mum at 11, she had just had my little sister. So she was like the center of everything. On the other weekend, we'll wash her hair. She'll go, okay, you do this for me and I'll do that. As three, we're always together. So then when my mum passed away, you know, it was like naturally in me to do because we would have did it at the weekend. Doing it was like, oh, mum's here because this is what she would have done. My mum's name is Love as well. So I feel when I'm doing the hair, it's like, I don't know if I'm <laughs> channeling her or yeah. something, but it's very much like, you know, I bring love at the center of everything that I do. Everybody needs to be celebrated. Everyone's important. But also the spiritualness, because when you're doing hair, it's like, you know, you meet someone, you don't know them. The first 15 seconds, you're touching their head. Yeah, it's really personal. Yeah, it's very personal and it's very spiritual because the crown is like where the chakras are and you're you're like there, you're feeling their energy, they're feeling your energy. There's so many times where I've met someone and we're doing a consultation and you could just tell that 
they're just so unhappy and I could mm. feel in their spirit. And then I have to kind of address the situation differently. Yeah, it's so personal and mm. it's a very, very powerful thing as well, doing someone's hair. And you've had such amazing moments throughout your career. Is there anything that really stands out that kind of sticks in your memory where you think, wow, this is a pinch me moment? So many. My very good friend, Derek, does Oprah's makeup and um, I remember (laughs) I remember when um, they came to London like some four or five years ago and he just invited me to the hotel and said look just come and have dinner with me so we were sat down having dinner and then I swear to god I didn't even see her all I saw was this amazing looking blow-dried hair (laughs) (laughs) and (laughs) this present so I immediately got up and he said, Charlotte, it's Oprah. And I was like, what? Oprah? So I, I think that's when I actually had my first hot flush. <laughs> I literally was just drenched with sweat. I was like, oh, my God. So there's so many standout moments. But that day really did something to me. And she was just so sweet and so kind. Like she just kept hugging me and I was like, oh, this is so beautiful. So many. I mean, launching mm-hmm. my products was standout moment. Being the first black woman to get into the mm-hmm. Wall of Fame was such yeah. a standout moment. Mm-hmm. That very hotel that my father worked in. So my father came here in 66. And as much as he was a great musician, it was very well known in Ghana. When they got to the UK, it was a very different story. You couldn't mm-hmm. find jobs. And the only things they could find was very menial jobs. Jobs like working in hotels, um, chambermaid for the women and like cleaning. He got given the opportunity in Grosvenor House. Well, I'm saying opportunity, but, you know, he must have washed about almost 100 plates a day. So he's in the kitchen, just a dishwasher, mm-hmm. just washing all these dishes. It was so emotional that day because my dad was like there as well. And he just cried because me being inducted into the Hall of Fame was like 50 years later. So he had worked there in 66 mm, and in 2017, yeah. I'm inducted into the Hall of Fame. He just said, you know what? It's like I sown a seed. So me working mm-hmm. there 50 years ago, I weren't even allowed to come into the restaurant. I couldn't just be with the other people but here you are 50 years later mm. you're on stage inducted into the hall of fame yeah. for all your great work in hairdressing oh, really powerful moment yeah, isn't it was really powerful. he must have been so proud of you it was so, he my dad's always like crying about everything oh. <laughs> oh. listen let's talk about how you got there how did you become this you know celebrated and remarkable hairdresser and it's obviously your knowledge about hair so let's talk about hair textured hair curly hair and Mm. you've said that the starting point for women is is really about learning about your hair type and how to look after it and do you want to just talk about curly hair and textured hair because there's different types isn't there so what should women know about curly hair and what are some of the common mistakes that they might be making I think there's like the curl typing thing really started with the natural hair community in America because I think they just really wanted to know what can I use for my hair what shampoo what conditioner what products but it goes from like one being straight to two being wavy to three being curly and then four being coily hair 
And it all comes in subcategories. So obviously the ABC means like either fine, coarse or medium texture. And then it, as you get to the scalp, it might be more tighter or more mm-hmm. looser. But really, when you get to like the threes and fours, that's the texture that most people struggle with because it's like they don't know what products to use. 4A, 4B, 4C is the most fragile out of all the hair types. So that hair breaks very easily. Mm-hmm. And if you don't treat it with very gentle approach, you know, it doesn't grow properly. It's not hard to maintain, but it's just knowing how to care for it. And I feel a lot of it is from us growing up as well. There was this European standard of beauty. So we were all against accepting our hair and we spent so many years using chemicals to relax it, to chain the texture. In return, we've actually abused our hair and we've lost a lot of hair. My philosophy has always been about, it doesn't matter if you want to wear braids or you want to wear wigs or you want to wear your natural hair, but the most important thing is caring for it and maintaining Mm -hmm. it. And that comes with education. So it's knowing, okay, this is what I do weekly. This is what I do daily. The daily might mean that you have to moisturize and protect it with a silk scarf at night. Weekly might mean doing steam treatments and, you know, having like deep mask on once a week, having like even deeper reconstructive treatments. But it's just knowing. And I felt like we didn't have that information there. It was just Mm -hmm. all about just buying products, covering it. There wasn't a lot there for us. It was just always about trying to look like something else. I feel like my approach to hair is always been about the caring of the hair. And that's where I I think I got more known because I started writing for a black hair magazine which was, it's no longer in existence, but um, in 2005, because the Americans were so ahead, they all knew about accepting their hair. But in England, everybody was hell-bent on having relaxes and and hair extensions. So I started writing about how to celebrate and and honour our God-given textures. And that took a while because I remember when I even started writing about the natural hair, everybody used to laugh and think, oh, it's not going to take off. It's just a trend. Mm. But, you know, 15, 16 years later, everyone's embracing their hair because as we get older, so our hair changes so much. So it's about preserving. Yeah. It's so important. So you have this amazing salon, which I hear many tales of, especially the cake situation. <laughs> now that we are beginning to talk about all this and, you know, and, and black and brown women are beginning to see themselves reflected in the industry more. So this is something we're talking about, but we're also talking about midlife and menopause and everything mm. more as well. So I'm guessing in this fabulous salon, there's lots of over 40 women coming in talking to you about things that were a bit taboo before that were never mm-hmm. mentioned. Are you hearing that from your customers? Yeah, a lot, a lot. I mean, I'm literally going through it myself. So sometimes yeah. I come in and I'm so exhausted because I haven't slept. And this yeah. is some of the symptoms that one day you have an amazing sleep, you're full of energy. The next day you're like, I don't want to talk to anyone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't, <laughs> do you know what I mean? I'm just in such a bad mood. So when these women are coming in and they, especially they're losing hair because mm, yeah. you know, the estrogen, it's... Um, I've lost loads, loads. Yeah. Some of them come in, they're so traumatized yeah. and they don't know how to speak about it. And because it's so good, because as I'm going through it myself, I always bring the topic up and I'll say, oh, how are you? Or, or I might just say, oh, you know, this bloody menopause is doing my head in because... <laughs> Because, because, uh, you know, I haven't slept much. So please, let's just have nice conversations today. 
no moaning, you know. <laughs> I guess it's just all of us just trying to find ways, tips and tricks to help all of us manage it because it's it's something that's going to happen to Everyone. everybody and mm. it's, it's how we manage it and how we talk about it. And I remember when I was growing up, nobody in my family spoke about it, but I remember yeah. loads of my aunties being 50 and 60. And, and I remember one particular auntie, she was just so ill. Now, when I think about it, I was like, so it was the menopause. She was just mm. lying there for weeks. Women are so different now. We're still working. We're still managing. We're still doing everything. Growing up, I never heard any that nobody mm. spoke about it. It was like a big taboo, like mm-hmm. it was almost like a shame or embarrassment. Yeah. yeah. And what about in Ghana now? Because obviously you've just been back there. You know, obviously it's changing hugely here, the narrative mm-hmm. around it. Is it changing there? Is it sort of, are they open to it? Is it culturally happening? Yeah, I think it's it's slowly, it's slowly getting a bit more, there's awareness. I think there was one group a lady was telling me about, I didn't really find out too much about it. But I think, again, it's like people are just getting on with it and just thinking, okay, it's something that happens to everyone. Let me just get on with it. They don't mm. really go on and on about it as such. Right. Like, are they getting yeah. help though? Are they asking for help? Do you think? Can they go to a doctor and get HRT? I think that that's definitely there. Then places like Ghana and communities like in Ghana, they're much more into holistically dealing with things okay. and not really using a medicinal I mean, mm-hmm. I guess holistically, even if it's something that's herbal, it's still a remedy to help. I find a lot of the women now in Ghana in their 50s, a lot of them are walking a lot. So I see people going for yeah. like long walks in the morning. So they're bringing more exercise into mm-hmm into their life what they eat as well because I love chilies and I love really spicy food and I know that since I've yeah. through my menopause that when I eat any amount of chilies I just sweat like a yeah. <laughs> it just go off it's like so now <laughs> I'm very much into like okay I'm gonna have the chilies but maybe once in a month rather yeah. than having it every day because I can't control the amount of sweat when I eat the chilies mm-hmm. so I find that the women turn to change their diets that's what I'm finding more yeah. So they're changing their diet. They're really trying to control their weight as well because mm-hmm. it's a society where it's like, oh, just be you. You know, people are not really into diets and stuff. I feel like now I'm seeing more of that. Mm-hmm. And how does it affect black hair? Because I'm assuming all women lose their hair yes. um, from every background. And, and what would you recommend for listeners who've got black hair and who are going through that thinning? There's a method called the lock method, which is right. LOC. So it's like a leave-in condition. So whenever you're caring for your hair if you try this method the first one is the leave-in conditioner and then you add an oil and a cream so if you can you know manage your hair in those steps you find that it doesn't feel so brittle because another thing with the menopause and like the lower estrogen it's like the hair becomes very brittle so when it's brittle no amount of product you put in can moisturize it or hydrate it enough but I felt like the more women that I would advise to try the lock method, when they came back into the salon, their hair just felt more softer, right. a lot mm-hmm. more moisturized. And sometimes it's a case of embracing as well. So a lot of the women will probably say, oh, I'm getting so much gray hair, I want to color. But I feel like the more you're coloring as well, right. the more drier yeah. the hair becomes mm. and the more brittle. So I would always say, let's just detox from the coloring for a while. Let's just do a hair fast where we don't have any color for some time. And let's just see how the hair behaves. And you find that nine out of 10, the hair is so much more softer. You know, it's so much more fuller, but it's just getting that woman to get into that frame of mind that you yeah. still look gorgeous with a gray hair. It doesn't make 
make you less of a person, but it's just you being able to accept yourself. And I think that's mm-hmm. what is the hardest thing for most women, mm-hmm. you know, not just black women, for most women, because yeah. once you accept yourself, then other people will accept you. But it's just getting your head into that space. Mm-hmm. And how are you looking after yourself then? Because you've got you've got a thousand things happening. You're a mum as well. And you're not getting sleep. What's your kind of daily look after Charlotte? Mantra. You, you know, my daily look after Charlotte is I love dancing. So mm-hmm. I'll put all of my music on from the 80s and just dance <laughs> I dance in the front of the mirror like I'm, like I'm the best person in the disco, you know. Trish I does a, that in I do. front of the garden. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love dancing. <sighs> I also actually really love to meditate. So I love to pray. So I love to spend time just mm-hmm. reflecting on me and just not thinking about work or anything, but just me. How can I be a better person? How can I get my mind to just empty all the thoughts that's in there? So I also like to cook. I know people think cooking, but that's just another big job to do. Yeah. So I actually feel like cooking really takes away a lot of my thoughts because all I'm thinking about is the food the ingredients that I need especially when I'm baking my cakes it's like oh I need six eggs I need this Mm -hmm. immediately all my thoughts about other things just goes away yeah all I think about is like just getting it right and I want it to be so tasty I want everyone to be happy eating my food my self-care is buying a plane ticket buying a plane ticket yeah and just Mm. getting on that flight and just getting to wherever especially going back home to Ghana is such a help for me I just love to just walk around bare feet and just get up in the morning and do nothing and just sit down in the garden and read a book Mm -hmm. but just buying that plane ticket is such a big plus Mm -hmm. for me because you're spreading the message of how to do hair aren't you you're teaching kind of European mums how to look after their mixed race children's hair but what you've got a really lovely project in Ghana haven't you where you're basically setting up salons everywhere aren't you how does it work yes I was very lucky well I wouldn't say lucky I had this great opportunity in 2013 I think it was and I was I was given this great job I went to Tanzania to teach here and it was a big very very big workshop I think there was more than 100 students I remember one particular student because the, the class started at eight and she walked in really late she must have walked in about 9.30. So I pulled her up and I said, well, why are you so late? But I could see, I could see there was something about her that just made me feel a bit kind of like I had goose pimples when I saw her. And now she goes, look, I heard that you were coming to do this project. I really wanted to be here, but I didn't have enough money to get on the bus. So I walked and she lived like maybe from Birmingham to London. So she must have walked for about four and a half hours. I mean, when she started telling me her story, I could just see because in Africa, there's this red soil. So she had all of the red soil in her hair, on her face, even on her clothes. You could tell she's been walking Mm -hmm. for a long time. So that really stirred something in my spirit. And I I started crying. I was like, wow, it's taken someone four and a half hours Mm -hmm. just to learn a skill that would help her to to have a career and, and a business to, to be able to help herself and her family. So that really made me feel so sad. So I went into my hotel room and I was like, there's something that could be done. There must be something. Mm-hmm. So from 2013, I'd been thinking about it. Like, I really want to do something. I want to have a charity. I want to help people. And I think in 2017, I said, I must do this. So then I registered it and like, you know, started actually you know doing something about it so then I'll go to Ghana a lot of these young hairstylists will message me like oh we're here we'd love to learn how to do this coloring technique are you able to do something with us 
And I thought, oh, but I don't have a building. I don't have a, I don't have a school. I don't have anything. And I'll just, you know, think, okay, let me just meet them wherever. And I'm, I'm fortunate enough to have a lot of friends who have salons. So I'll ask a friend, I said, look, do you mind me coming into your salon, putting a workshop together and teaching these girls? So that's how it started. Mm -hmm. And I think during the pandemic, I put the website together. It's just gone crazy. What's it called, Charlotte? What's the correct title? Love My Densua. So I named it after my mum. My mum was the first out of her siblings to travel and she had eight siblings. She was just so generous as well. Even though she didn't have much for herself and we lived on an estate, all the little jobs she had, she would save up and literally send money every month Mm. and send suitcases of like provisions of food. The charity thing came from me seeing my mum doing that. Mm. Yeah, last year, September, we had a very big project happened. So we had an email from CNN and they said, look, we really want to feature you guys on Changemakers. They did the film and it literally went viral. It's it just been yeah. heard. And mm-hmm. yeah, we've had such mm-hmm. good feedback from it as well. Well, listen, you've, yeah. you've come such a long way yeah. since growing up on the uh, Stonebridge Park Council estate in North London. Yeah. Um, what do you think the future holds now for you? I mean, it's such a journey. Have you got plans for the next part of your life? Yeah, you know, the future, there's so many things. There's, I mean, there's so much to me. I love to curate. I love interior design. I love everything, but you can't mm-hmm. do everything at once. So right now it's like doing project by project. I'm really, at the moment, I'm a lot of my energy is going into the charity. My The Manketi oil products is also really growing. So that's very good. What are the products called, Charlotte, for people who don't know? Okay, so it's the Charlotte Mensah Manketi oil. So it's, right. a, it's the range for curly right. hair textures and Afro textures. You know, I've got another book in the pipeline. So that's great news. <laughs> I just want to continue to empower young people all over the world, you know, for them to realize that it's possible. I mean, I came from a background that was really tough, but I knew, I knew from the age of 13 that I wanted to be somebody. And when I got into the first black salon to open in, in London, Splinters, I knew I wanted to be different because I saw these black women that were so successful that were unapologetically being themselves. And that to me is so important. I believe that everybody has to have a go in this life and become someone because it's a tough world. But if you if you focus and you're consistent and you follow your dream, you can make it happen. But you're the role model now, aren't you? Yes. So many young women. Yes. And we'd love to hear from you if there's any women with businesses, particularly anything that really inspires you that we should be looking out for. Who can we support? Ah, there's so many. There's so many women that I love. That um, In the UK, there's 79 Lux. I love Karen's mm. product range. It's beautiful. It's so luxurious. And you really feel special. Like I'm at the moment, I'm using that lovely body exfoliator like mm-hmm. I used it this morning. And immediately I thought, mm, I'm the best woman here. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I love her range. I love Nelson Browse in Mayfair. That's um, Cheryl's business. And she's very, very good. It's a lovely place to go to have your pedicures and manicures. And it's such efficient. No time wasting. Near London, it's a lovely flower store in southeast London. And she does the most amazing plants. She did some really beautiful decorations for us for Christmas that everybody that walked past the salon came in to give us a thumbs up. We'll do a list and put it on our Facebook. Another really nice brand as well that's coming out of Ghana is R&R Luxury. So she really deals in sheer butter. 
mm-hmm. and the oils. So like really nice products that are all natural for the skin. But that's a nice brand as well to support. And finally, we yes. have to ask about cake because Lily and I <laughs> like cake and we love cake. Lot. What we hear tell been... of the cake and we're jealous that we yeah, haven't oh been. God, we're going to have to I come in we... for the cake. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. have to come in for the cake or we do a whole podcast on the cake and bake <laughs> <laughs> what that have you baked this one. week? So this week I've baked the same. Um, it's the same cake. So my grandmother. Oh, okay. <laughs> so my grandmother was amazing as well. Like she had a lot of skills, and one of her greatest skills was baking cakes and bread. Mm-hmm. And she had this massive clay oven, and she would bake the same cake all the time. But the lovely thing that my grandmother used to put in is nutmeg. Mm. Uh, so yeah, so I have um, a very good friend who. Her family's business in Grenada is nutmeg. So she Mm -hmm. brings me the nutmeg in the pods and they are so, so amazing. I mean, literally when I grate it, even my neighbours would ask me, what's that smell? (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, yeah, the cake actually started also because I've always wanted to bake, but I just was so scared. I was like, oh, I'm not as good as my siblings. They can bake better than me. So the moment I got a new kitchen I, and I knew I had this nice oven, I just thought, let me try it. And now it's become like a ritual. You're the best. Literally. Yeah. And yeah. everyone loves it. I've even had people ask me, can you make my wedding cake? I said, wedding cake? That's like <laughs> big <ass."> I mean, <laughs> that's Brilliant. like a lot. Another business idea. There we yeah. Go. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Oh, well, thank you so much, Charlotte. You have given us so much to thought about and, and brightened up our day no oh. end. It's been really lovely chatting to you. It really has been every now and again trish and i forget that our heads are full of useful fashion and beauty advice after more than 30 years in the industry editing glossy magazines and then we remember this fact and we say oh we must tell our listeners about it which is what we're going to do today in our regular and hopefully helpful how to win at midlife section of the show now it's the time of the year i think when you probably look in your bathroom cupboard stuff is running out you've all been on holidays back from christmas and things and it's time perhaps to try some new things for your skin hair and makeup we've opened our little black book rung a few of our favorite beauty industry experts and to ask them what is new for you our listeners because as they say in the ads trish you're worth it <laughs> now Definitely. what have you found out trish that would well, be helpful? i um asked our lovely friend eve cameron who's the group beauty director of red magazine good housekeeping and prima she's a bit of an industry legend isn't she so well, you see she... her in the adverts don't you as oh well. she is she's in yeah. the tv adverts she's a marvelous eve. lovely eve anyway she said for spring she's got three things she's loving the first one is biosenses squalene i think that's how you say it and zinc sheer mineral sunscreen and uh this is something she says is hydrating without feeling heavy with no white cast or excess shine and she says it works really well under makeup and gives daily uv protection at its practical best i think it costs around 23 pounds and she said that's something she's going to be using from march so she doesn't start using it until march but that's a good one she also loves rosie huntington whiteley's rose ink products now i have to confess i hadn't actually heard of these i think it's a fairly uh, not on instagram trish so much I can absorb there's so much information coming in but anyway I did check these out and I thought oh gosh these look lovely what do and they she's, do well they've got a focus on being non-comedogenic can't say oh, that yeah. word but you know the thing that's that clogging, clogging, clogging your pores which yeah. apparently Rosie 
who knew beautiful supermodel had a problem with and well, actually um, I know this because yes. we put Rosie on the cover several yeah. times at L, and we have many conversations these will be good because she like yeah. Victoria Beckham she had really problem skin she'll have done a lot of research yeah um, well, they've got the fabulous reviews. Eve is a fan of the Rose Ink Skin Enhance, which is a tinted serum, like a daily moisture, tinted yeah. moisturiser. And she said the pigments are really lovely. It's got hyaluronic acid, that squalene product, again, peptides, everything. And she says it gives a really polished finish. And her last little recommendation, a bit more expensive at £32, is the Chanel's Rouge Cocoa Balms, the lip Balms. This is a new range of balms in eight shades that are really hydrating, lovely, comfy feeling. So if you want something kind of a bit more luxy, but not too outrageously priced, she says that would be something good to go for. What about you? Who have well, you I've been got speaking a, to? A cheaper lip balm for you. Okay. But, uh, just as good, I feel. So I spoke to Ruby Hammer, MBE. Yes. Do you remember Million Ruby? I um, do. I'm sure all our listeners remember Ruby. She's a makeup artist and she's basically worked on every magazine, covers celebrities, but also has her own range. Uh, and that's on her website, rubyhammer.com. And she's got a lip serum balm. 18 pounds, um, which is really nourishing with a little hint of colour. So it's it's not it's not invisible and it's but it's not obvious. And I quite mm. like a little lip balm. Um, I get really dry lips at this time of the year. Mm. So I think it's like going in and out. And also Ruby has brought back, well, re-released her glass nail file. <gasps> oh, I love that. Which yes. are much better for the environment. Mm. You know, I do worry about all these nail files because I see my girls with them and I think, mm. oh God, what's going to happen to that? Does it biodegrade? But a glass one, uh, much kinder to the environment and your nails. Apparently it seals the tip as you file and so it stops it tearing and splitting they're little red ones and they are 18 pounds and I've also been sent this week from Vanita at Blink Brow Bar I love mm-hmm. Vanita party she started that business with one chair in Phoenix oh, and now no, it's all amazing. over London yeah um she has reissued or re-released their um tubing mascara so it's not a new mascara but the shape of the wand is different and I'm a real fan of a tiny tiny like wand. A tubing mascara, I like it yeah. thin I like it mm. thin so it sort of shows but it's not too much and you can wear it every day and I went swimming and it didn't come out and it's really easy to just wipe off with a flannel so that's 22 pounds and that's on the Mm -hmm. website and we will put that up what Mm -hmm. else have you got for me well interesting that you say about going swimming with some mascara on because i discovered this brand called skin in motion which was created by um, a celebrity makeup artist called gia mills and she is a a marathon runner a cyclist and an all-round adventurer and she was really shocked and i think you you've mentioned this statistic before lorraine apparently 75 percent of women are put off doing exercise for fear of being judged you know in the gym and while they're doing it about their opinion Appearance, etc and especially sort of young girls so she's developed a kind of skincare makeup line that's all about keeping skin healthy and looking good during and after exercise and I've uh, it's vegan cruelty and paraben free as well so again I'm all a bit about tinted moisturizer you know how much I love those so there's one that she does that's 25 pounds it's interesting isn't it because I have started wearing makeup to the gym and I never used to but I sort of feel like actually I do want to have really? a bit of even coverage and a bit of a little bit of mascara so she does mascaras as well but the range is around the sort of 20 25 pound mark what's it called again it's called skin in motion skin so in it's kind of worth checking out I think so the idea is that it doesn't budge but it's not too heavy and it's again it's not going to block pores because obviously what you don't want to be doing is sweating sweating away and that getting all clubbed up in your pores so it's breathable as well
well. So that might be worth checking out if you are someone that likes to wear makeup in the gym or in the swimming pool. I'm turning now to my mastermind subject. Um, We talk (laughs) about it a lot. Uh, Thinning hair. So I spoke to Alexia, who set up and runs the website Cult Beauty, um, about what was new and what was coming up. Mm. And she said that post-pandemic, a lot of their customers have been talking about, and these are not just midlife women, because we know it's in midlife anyway, talking about the anxiety of everything they've been through, homeschooling, Mm -hmm. jobs, all of that has actually made their hair thinner. Apparently it's been a huge increase um, in requests for products for thinning hair. So she has had it as well. She's actually had what Mm. she called COVID hair loss. Um, She's in her mid forties. So I thought it was worth just mentioning a few things that might be helpful. Um, I haven't tested them, but um, Alexia says these are her favorites. Mm -hmm. So there's something called Virtue Flourish Density Booster. Virtue is quite a new brand in hair care, actually. And my, um, hairdresser Zoe recommends it uh, as well this is something that you put on to your head after you've washed it and it thickens the hair I mean and supposedly encourages growth it also protects the strands because that's kind of you know with the hair you've got left Mm, you want to sort of keep it thick we did talk to Zoe and we've talked to other hairdressers about how much massaging promotes hair growth as well scalp scalp yeah Zoe Zoe telling me that if you massage it you can probably get 20% more hair and a brand called Centered have just launched a head massage kit Mm, nice. I'll come round and massage a little I bit. would like that. Like yes, that. <laughs> I love it. There's also, it's an indie brand. And I mean, Lexi was saying that she likes these. These indie brands are really quick to market when they notice something's yes. going wrong because their volumes um, are smaller. And it just, it just the circulation, you know, makes the follicles open up and mm-hmm. the blood flow and the hair grow. Fable and Maine have got wild ginger purifying scrub. Now, I, did you know about a hair scrub? I don't know about it. No, no. What, it scrubs the hair or the scalp? scalp. Right. Yeah, so, um, you know, you've got got all that possibly kind of build up and debris. So every now and again, once a week, perhaps, a good Mm. hair scrub would be worth trying, I think. And that's it from me. I will just mention very quickly, because I'm on a journey with my rosacea, Trish, which is new to me. We have to come back and talk about this properly, don't we? Or possibly caused by COVID, because my whole skin has changed. I've got eczema and everything, things I've never Never had before but I did look at do a bit of searching around for things and it's not new but the ordinary which is a really affordable brand that mm-hmm. the beauty blogger Caroline Herons loves as well have got quite a lot of great soft uh, gentle products for rosacea okay. so if you yeah. have that it might be worth looking at yes yeah, so I haven't have tested to, them yet you but, haven't yet but you're thinking about changing it up do. well I think we're changing up for spring in the old makeup bag and beauty cupboard very Done good very well thank you 10 out of 10 Trish Right, here we are towards the end of the show. Also being useful, I think, in this section with our nostalgia noodling, being useful. What are you going to be nostalgic and useful with? Well, um, (laughs) I've gone uh, back to school in the 1980s just because it just popped into my head because it's such an unusual looking product. And also because my children, I don't know about yours, right Mm. the way through their lives were obsessed with things that stuck things to other things. Oh, yes. yes. So we never have any sellotape. We never have any glue. We never Mm. have any Pritt stick. They just hoard it all. And blue tack is like they're obsessed. Oh, yeah. Even now at 19. It's bizarre. And I was just thinking about this the other day when I was looking for my sellotape and into my head popped golden gum. Oh, yes, I do. 
Yes, you I have Googled to describe it. it. Describe yes, well, it. I Googled it. And it was, when they say golden gum, it's literally like a pot of honey in a sort of little tiny plastic pot. But the in, what I remembered about it, and I think why it's stuck in my head, is it had that little rubbery top yes. at the bit with a tiny, tiny little split. Yes. So obviously every time it squirted out, you either squirted it everywhere or yes. it got stuck at the top. And do you remember <laughs> trying to get the top unstuck oh, with a pair, with of, pair scissors of scissors and then yeah. slicing bits yes. of your finger off by accident. And, the, and the, that top was kind of um, uh, sort of at an angle, wasn't it? So the idea was you just squeezed yes. a bit out and then you rubbed it with the top. Yeah, it didn't, didn't work, work properly, did it? No. didn't work properly. Do you <laughs> think these things were put into classrooms to teach us patience? <gasps> there could be. Patience while somebody was inventing Pritstick because once that arrived, the whole world changed, I think, for anybody yes. doing gluing and sticking. And it was so like the most exciting thing ever. I thought Pritstick and the, the, a nice wow. smell. It had a anyway. Um, I, I do feel like I need to correct you though because I think we're talking about the seventies, not the eighties. Don't be silly. We I don't think you would have been sticking oh. glue gum, uh, whatever it's called, golden oh, gum. Yes, maybe when you were by the giant age gap. Yeah, you know? you're right. You are better at maths than me. Where yes. have you been? Back well, in time? I actually very very interestingly connected to what you were saying because I was remembering at the. Do you remember the Why Don't You, that dreadful television programme? Yes. <laughs> it was all about trying to get you to do things in the holidays. And the yeah, title you feel was, guilty you remember? if you couldn't make massive collages. Exactly. Yeah. Why, why don't you, why don't you just switch off your television set and go and do something less boring instead? That was actually the... <laughs> what we've been saying every day for yes the last 15 oh years my of our God. parenting but, journey well it's more like switch off your social media and go and do something less boring yeah. instead these days anyway it was so boring and it was presented by it was sort of almost like kids doing blue peter wasn't it where yeah. they had to like make things and uh craft things and play games and inspire us youngsters too and they generally had a sort of pudding bowl haircut didn't they might be wearing a pair of dungarees Short fringe situation <laughs> Yes, and they did. The, I, I watched a clip actually of this boy. It was a cooking segment, and it was about doing ham and cheese layers. You layer ham and cheese, and then yeah. you cut them in squares and stick a cocktail stick through. Sounds very like advanced my kind of cooking now. Josh, and his I best like tip, best tip was you could start with the cheese instead of the ham if you wanted to, <laughs> and layer it that way. Which I thought was well, that's going to keep them entertained during the school holidays for about two seconds. Spending hours of useless television. For, and also no choice. You were stuck with that no. or two other no. channels. Exactly. But I tell you what, also found out, Russell T. Davis was a producer on it. What, he the of It's Who? a Sin and Doctor it's Who. It's a Sin, Doctor where Who, he started one of the out. most creative men exactly. in television. So I bet he had a tub of that golden glue, don't you reckon? We, we should come up with a midlife, why don't you? Yes, definitely. Let's Why do don't you run off with a 22-year-old gardener? No, 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 that's not. <laughs> well, that brings us to the end of this week's episode of Postcards from Midlife, episode five, series five, all the fives, 55. Right, new episodes are available to listen to every Sunday on your podcast provider. And we would really appreciate if you can make sure to download your episodes so they count on our listener numbers. And if you could rate and review us too, that would be most marvellous. And please tell all your friends about us because we want as many women as possible to join in our midlife conversation which is what our private facebook group is all about so if you're not a member there do come over and join the chat 
Yes, and you can use it to post any feedback on the topics we discuss. You can carry on with that joy thread and tell us the things that are yeah. bringing you joy. Put some uh, more food in that thread. For food. Me. We need some yeah. food. Okay, but not carrot porridge. And we also want suggestions for other things you'd like to hear talked about or celebrities and experts you'd love to hear interviewed. And you can email us at hello at postcardsfrommidlife.com or pop a little message on the Instagram. Goodbye. Goodbye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.